It's five o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. Hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh, my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. All right, welcome in, everybody, on a uh, Tuesday, Election Day. If you have not gotten out to vote yet, uh, still time to do that. Polls open for a little bit longer. And go out and do it. You get the uh, government you deserve if you uh, don't go out and participate uh, in the process. And I realize these are municipal elections and that these are uh, elections that are, uh, you know, not uh, maybe uh, the sexiest uh, but uh, I think you've got to go out and participate. These are actually more important than uh, next year's elections in a lot of ways. So uh, that is the uh, message of the day, the PSA of the day. Uh, we're going to hear from Mike Swartz and Pirate basketball players here. We'll have our Houston huddle next segment, so we've got uh, quite a bit to get to. Let's uh, start with uh, our Pirate report. And now, Patrick Johnson with today's Pirate Report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. So, ECU basketball opened the season at home with a 91-61 win over D3 Ferrum. Monday night, the season opened for college basketball. Philip the Ref Pilkington, well, I'll get Pilk's thoughts on this in a minute. You were on the uh, anchor desk, so to speak, Pilk, with uh, college hoops. Is that correct? Yeah, that was correct. All right. Well, we'll, we'll uh, you obviously paid attention, so uh, we'll we'll get some thoughts. But Brandon Johnson led the way with 29 points. That's a career high for him. He had 27 last year against SMU on the road. Ezra Azar had 13. R.J. Felton and Quentin Dabunje, uh, not Dabunje, actually it was uh, Caleb LeCount had 11 apiece. Uh, Dabunje actually finished with seven. Uh, win to start the season. Coach uh, Swartz, though, was... A little disappointed with their defense. Let's uh, hear what he had to say uh, with uh, his opening statement after the game last night. Uh, great, great to get the season started off. Uh, obviously, I, I just think you know, anytime you can win a game, uh, I, I really truly believe that. Uh, we just talked about it. Winning is difficult, uh, so you know, obviously glad that we were fortunate enough to to win in the opening night. Um, that being said, uh, really disappointed with our isolation and on-ball defense. I thought they, uh, you know, I thought. Ferrum did a really good job. I think a lot of respect for Coach Corrigan and their team. Um, you know, we knew coming in this would be a team that wanted to play downhill and, and drive the basketball and, and just not pleased with how we guarded the basketball. I thought we did some good things on both sides of the ball that was, you know, in terms of which allowed us to, to come out with the victory. But uh, overall, that's our takeaway is that we just didn't guard the ball the way that we need to, and we're going to fix that. All right, and uh, Coach says he doesn't think the team uh, grinded out the possessions in the half court very well. I think there's a lot of angst early in the first game. Everyone's excited, and I think that adrenaline goes. And I thought we went to our bench early, and we got what we needed in terms of guys. Uh, you know, I thought we got what we needed in terms of guys coming in and staying fresh. Uh, but, but what happens is sometimes 
what I thought tonight was we tried to do everything on the first side. We tried to get a stop on the first side of the floor. We tried to score on the first side of the floor. And you start getting in that habit because you just want to go to the other end. You just want to play offense. And uh, I thought that really affected our defense. You know, trying to do it. You have to be willing to grind out possessions on defense. We have to be willing to grind out possessions on offense. And I don't think we did a good job of that tonight. All right, uh, I'm going to have him here talk about, uh, Coach, about uh, Bobby Pettiford playing in his first game. A uh, little news and then some comments. So here's what he had to say about uh, Pettiford. I think it was good. You know, I think it's been difficult for Bobby. You know, we, he and I just spoke in there. He's probably practiced 10 practices in the last three, four months, literally. He's probably had 10 full practices in the last three or four months with his hand injury and then his, you know, hamstring. So with that being said, we knew timing, wind, things like that might be a little effective. I, I thought we saw that late in the game. But re really can't wait for him to be himself, but very excited that he was just back on the court and he provided a really good presence for us. So uh, Bobby Pettiford, uh I had people uh, reach out to me last night via text. They reached out to me via um, uh, message. I got an email. Yeah, Pettiford, what a bust. Well, Bobby's practiced for a week, really. I mean, you heard how many practices he's participated in. He's been hurt. Part of it was uh, kind of smacking his hand against a, a wall or, or something when they lost a scrimmage. So that cost him some time. Uh, you you noticed he kind of tweaked his uh, hammy last night a little bit, or maybe uh, just bothered it a little bit, and so that was a uh, you know a real issue there. Uh, and uh, they had heat on it to try to keep it loose. So there's a whole big you know situation there as far as uh, all of that goes. So you know I, I think it's he'll if he stays healthy and gets healthier, uh, that will be a positive thing for uh, for pirate basketball. All right. Um, Let's see here. How about uh, Caleb LeCount earning a starting spot? Yeah, what he's done in the preseason, uh, just what he does every day in practice. I think Caleb, between what he does in practice, what he did in both uh, of the scrimmages that we had against other opponents, he just showed a great uh, natural feel for running the point. And, you know, Jaden did some really good things, too, with that. He's been at the point all preseason because Bobby hasn't been on the floor. And, you know, Bob has not practiced enough to be in a position to be able to be in that spot yet. Uh, but I think, you know, he will compete. And, again, I, as you and I asked, talked about this the other day, I'm not so worried about who starts the game. Uh, it's who finishes the game and who does what we need throughout the game. And I thought Ben Bayala, as an example of that, he gave him some key minutes in the second half and uh, hit a couple of threes, which was good to see. Uh, Brandon Johnson and how his game has evolved. Well, I thought the ba the biggest thing, and, and we talked about Brandon's continued growth. Okay, Last year he showed he could shoot the basketball. We played through him in the post. I think his post game is becoming a little more refined right now as well. But I think the biggest thing that everyone saw tonight is Brandon can drive the basketball. Brandon is getting downhill, playing off one foot on drives in terms of stretching out and using his 6'9 frame and his length and his weight. You know, he's 6'9", 235. He gets downhill, and he can play with that fluidity. A big thing for him was working on fluidity this offseason, and I thought he showed some of that tonight. And uh, I thought Brandon Johnson was was excellent. Uh, this is the comment Swartz not pleased about uh, his defense, and so this is kind of the thing that everybody sort of seized on yesterday. 
and I think I'll clarify, I'm not overly pleased. I'm not pleased at all uh, with our defense, uh, and not at all. I mean, zero. Uh, very unhappy with how we played defensively, uh, and we're going to fix it. But that being said, yes, I do think maybe the intensity, the physicality um, that we played with over the course of 40 minutes maybe wear them down a little bit. They got in foul trouble. A big player for them that was all key for us was Calvin Washington, who averaged 18 points a game last year. We were able to go at him early in the game. We got him in foul trouble. But two other players for their team stepped up and absolutely torched us and, and had really, really good nights, really good players. And the other thing that I thought, um, you know, too much of last night is guys weren't helping on defense. Guys weren't worry about worrying about uh, rotating over on defense. Uh, it seemed like they were in a big hurry to get out and, uh, and get on offense, to be quite honest with you. So uh, here is a couple comments from the players. We'll start with Brandon Johnson, and he didn't feel like that the team gave its best effort tonight. Yeah, for sure. Defense, rebounding, uh, just effort in general. I think we uh, we didn't give our best effort tonight. He also said that, uh, you know, talking about the importance of early season games and uh, getting through things and how they are. Very important. Um, uh, we had two scrimmages, but... Like, we actually got to lace them up in front of fans and, like, get a good atmosphere, get a good feeling of how it's going to be throughout the year. And we'll continue to grow on that. And uh, then Ezra Zar, who finished uh, with 13, and uh, he talked uh, – well, let's go to 10 first here. We'll end on a higher note. Not getting in foul trouble like he did last year. Zar talked about that. Just staying out of foul trouble. Uh, just being disciplined. Uh, that's the biggest key for me, just staying disciplined on defense not gambling and defense. Being disciplined. <laughs> All right, and then Ezra on uh, the confidence he has in the team. Nah, I don't, I don't got too much butterflies. I'm confident, you know, the people around me, same team from last year, so we're already coming in confident. Uh, you know, we wasn't at our best tonight, but trust me, when time comes, we're going to be ready. And uh, last thing, Ezra, who told me in July he was going to go with the purple hair, and he went with it. I just wanted to try a different style. I'm in school spirit, so I like it. Everybody else love it. If you don't love it, we still rocking it. So I'm ready to ball out, though. Pilk, how do you think Cy Seymour would look with purple hair? I don't know if I would like it too much. I think maybe for Halloween Why? he could dress up as Ezra. But uh, other than that, I don't know if Cy would look great with purple hair. You don't think he would look – how about purple and gold hair? He, he talked about that on the telecast last yeah. night. When you hit a certain age, and that age is like graduated <laughs> college, you can't do funky hair colors. When you hit about 23 so – you would be out. Yeah. You'd me, out. you, Cy, yeah. Coach Perry, well, I know I'm all out. out. Well, Coach Perry, I don't think there's any to, to have a funky hair color with True. it. Uh, congrats to our friend Darren Vaught, who uh, did a, a really nice job, I understand, on the uh, – uh, radio broadcast last night. Darren's going to be the interim uh, announcer for the season on uh, basketball, and uh, I thought Darren did a really fine job uh, yesterday with uh, hoops. All right, uh, let's see. Couple thoughts. As I said, you know, it seemed to me that the guys were a little more interested in getting out on uh, offense and weren't playing the type of defense where you close out the possession with a, you know, a rotation, a stop, a rebound, anything like that. They were just kind of in a hurry to get out on offense. When they ran their half court and moved the ball, I thought ECU looked really, really good. 
and look, that's it. You got to think about this. Uh, it's the result. I think we all figured would be the case. It's just how they got there. Maybe wasn't the way we anticipated it would. And that's why you play the games, of course. But uh, to me, Pilk, uh, there's some positives to take away. The defensive end is not one of them. And, and Coach Swartz and Coach Adams and, uh, you know, Coach Riley, all of them will uh, get in there and, uh, and, and and do what they have to do uh, to make sure. Uh, I said Riley, but Riley Davis, Reggie Williams, all of them, uh, Jake Morton will get in there and uh, do what they have to do to get that defense defensive situation reversed because uh, – it's not what you wanted it to be uh, in uh, as far as last night. Uh, and it's tough, too. The bigs, you know, we didn't see. We saw uh, Callum Richard near the end. I think that was a reward for how he's participated in practice. We didn't see Sear yesterday. And I think it's just it, that's a tough game for the seven-footers to be in because when their tallest player is 6'7", 6'8", that's still and it's not a traditional back to the basket. That that makes it hard for the seven foot guys. And those both those guys are legit six eleven. Uh, so I mean, it's it's one of those deals where you have to sort of pick your spot. I think you'll see them a little more against Campbell. I haven't started looking at the uh, Camels just yet, but I have uh, started uh, kind of updating some things from yesterday with some time I had earlier, uh, for the pirates and, uh, look, 24 wins in a row in the season opener, 22 wins in, uh, the home opener in a row. So, I mean, I think that's, that's a real positive and something to build on. I think the Campbell game is going to be really interesting on, uh, Saturday, uh, Pilk, anything from your end, uh, any notes or nuggets that I left out that you, uh, that you want to add on, uh, the basketball game last night? Well, you know, you bring up that we're a little disappointed with the defense, but like you also brought up, this coaching staff will correct that. I think the uh, one kind of question mark going into the season is who were the guys going to be offensively? And we saw a lot of the Brandon Johnson last night and Ezra when they, you know, felt pressure instead of, you know, giving up the ball or cracking the pressure. They went hard to the basket. They got fouled. Yeah, when they play other teams, that's going to be closer talent level. That's not going to happen as much. But I love the aggression offensively, and uh, it, you know, it resulted in 39 free throws, went 30 of 39, a team who yeah. struggled from the charity stripe a year ago. So I think there are a lot of positive uh, positives offensively. On that note, I think the Pirates do have to finish at the rim a little better. So, all right, uh, we'll do a Pirate uh, report later on for football. Right now, a timeout, we're going to hear from Coach Houston. So uh, here we go. It is 94-3 the game, 94-3thegame.com, and IBX media app. Patrick Johnson show. Stay tuned. Sometimes you just don't know if you want to kiss him or slap him. Ow! Either way, he'd probably like it. The Patrick Johnson show on 94.3 The Game. All right, we are going to go to the Houston huddle here. Coach Houston joining us this morning and uh, some real interesting comments here near the end of this interview so you won't want to miss that stay with us uh but uh, we started this morning on talk of the town asking coach houston about a recap of the game against tulane what a great day for college football you know we had beautiful weather um you know the stadium was was rocking i mean our, our fans showed up our our students were there and our kids went out and i, I knew we were ready to play felt really good about a week of practice and I thought we we came out and and played probably the you know the the best first half of uh, of the year so far with just the way we started out. And, 
I thought our kids played really, really hard. Um, we had our chances. Um, it's just, you know, my biggest disappointment is we weren't able to, you know, we weren't able to pull out what would have been a very, very memorable win against a quality opponent. Um, you know, we just, uh, you know, we, we couldn't generate uh, couldn't generate the points that we needed there in the second half, and they got the field goal in the fourth quarter, which was the difference. Yeah. And they had not, Tulane had not given up but 17 points the entire first seven games of the season in the first half. And uh, you, you came, you guys came out and got 10 points. Uh, you, two of the first three drives were beautiful drives. Uh, I guess there were adjustments after that. Uh, of course, uh, you know, a lot's been said about the fact that you had, you know, good uh, movement of the offense in the first half, but uh, kept stalling in the second half. What was going on there? Have you been able to analyze why that's happened? Well, we, we just couldn't get rhythm going in the second half. And, you know, they, uh, you know, they, they, they ate a lot of clock with some of their possessions. And we, only, we only got seven possessions for the game. So, um, you know, that kind of limited everything. But we just, you know, I hate we didn't get the touchdown on the first drive. Uh, we yeah. had two shots at the end zone there at the end. And um, <clears throat> over through the last one, the first one, I thought we got held on. But, you know, we had two shots there at the end zone. And I hate we didn't get a touchdown right there. I'd love to have 14 points to start the game. But, you know, we just – we really couldn't get a drive going until right there, you know, in the middle of the fourth quarter, we got it across midfield and into Tulane territory and, uh, you know, just couldn't convert there on fourth and fourth and five, fourth and six. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I, I thought, you know, they had a lot to do with them. Um, you know, they came in, you know, with one loss, which was a, a very close loss to a top 10 old Miss team, um, you know, averaging about 30 points a game and, and uh, our team played a heck of a ball game. Gave us a chance to win. Yeah, they they got one of the best quarterbacks in the country, and the Pratt kid. You know, he had he's only had one other game in forty two starts that he didn't throw a touchdown. He didn't get one on. He didn't get one on Saturday. And, and speaking of that, he almost had one at the end of the first half. But I, I got to ask you, I went back and looked at that last play of the first half, where the kid dropped the uh, pass in, at the end of the end zone, and of course they said that the ball had not hit the ground when the clock was still at one second. I looked, I went back and looked at that and slowed it down, man, that could have, that, that was a huge, that was the difference in the game. The three points. That was awful close. I, I just, I, I looked at that again and I'm like, man, how, how do you, how do you change that? I don't know. We haven't, we haven't been lucky enough to have one like that. So, but, uh, yeah. you know, they, they took a good look at it. So. Yeah, but you know, they, 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 we keep hearing that there's got to be inconclusive evidence or conclusive evidence that to change yeah. it. So anyway, all right, Patrick. Hey, uh, Coach Houston. Good morning to you. Thanks for uh, the time, as uh, always. Defensively, uh, boy, did East Carolina play their hearts out yet again and uh, contained an explosive offense, as Henry alluded to uh, there. I mean, Tulane had been dangerous all season long. The goal-to-go defense for the Pirates was stout uh, all afternoon and evening, and uh, you know it, it. It just I don't think we can talk how uh, talk enough about how just uh, tough and uh, how well this defense has played this season. Well, we got a, bu- a bunch of kids that have you know we kind of you know we, we've talked about it before. You know when we got here, we signed most of these kids at first class and. Um, you know, we kind of bit the bullet and played a bunch of freshmen in 2020, and uh, you know they've 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 been through kind of the the, the grinder to, and they've become a very hardened group. 
And so that's one thing is our, you know, our defensive front, they're a tough, hard-nosed bunch. And, uh, you know, so, and they continue to play that way, you know, you know, probably the only, the only things I wish we had back, I wish we'd have caught a couple of those picks and we had our hands on a couple of interceptions there and weren't able to, weren't able to pull them down. And then I just, God, we just couldn't get that stop on the last drive of the game. You know, it's a, it's a credit to Tulane. I mean, I knew that's one of the best offensive lines we've seen. It's probably the best offensive line we've seen since Michigan. And, you know, I knew we were going to have a hard time with them and, and we just could not get that stop there in the fourth quarter to get the ball back and give us another shot to win the ball game. You know, uh, Henry mentioned the call near the uh, end of the half, which uh, added time back. There was also a call in the fourth uh, where it appeared to me that the two-lane receiver stumbled. <laughs> and yeah. uh, the, the contact was it, – it's the old saying in basketball, he breathed on him and they called a foul. So, I mean, you know, and again, I don't want to get you any trouble, Coach, but, I mean, that's just another case of, boy, East Carolina hasn't seemed to have caught those breaks this year. And and that, to me, was uh, an important call that, from my perspective at least, appeared to be missed. Uh, got to make – you got to – I understand what you're saying. You got to make stops. You got to make plays. But is, yep. is that something, too, that you got any kind of explanation on or – is that one that maybe you've sent to the league office? Because I know that after every game, yeah. every coach does that. Yeah, I sent that one in. I sent the last play of the game on our on. Yeah. we had an offense then. I sent a couple of them in. You know, it doesn't do you any good after the fact, though. You know, you get the answers back, and it's almost more frustrating than, uh, you know, yeah, we missed that one. But you know, I, <laughs> that's more that's more frustrating than it is. You know, honestly, I need them to get them. I need them to get them right. You know, yeah. right? I need, yeah, I need it. I need. Right. I need him to get that the call the interference call at Rice, and you get him to get that one right. I mean, that's but that's that's the game. That so must that one that one play. may have been the most egregious I've ever seen because there was, oh, was two, or, two or three feet of separation. Yeah, <laughs> and you just you just can't yeah. understand how that could have been called pass interference. Oh, it was awful. But, I pointed it out to him on the jumbotron. So yeah, we saw you down there. We know. We, <laughs> but, uh, I was proud of you, man. You went after him a little bit, which you should have on that one. Hey, let me let me switch let me switch gears a little bit. I'm sorry, yeah. Patrick. Did you? I'm sorry, Patrick. I just saw you. Know. Well, did you have one more? Go ahead. Yeah, just to put a bow on the Tulane game, and you know, I know there's no moral victories, Coach, but I think the thing that and, and the crowd was fan fantastic. Those that showed up, uh, I thought yep. it was a pr- really good crowd on a beautiful day. But you know, I'll say this too, Coach, um, and this is a credit to you uh, and and the staff. I mean, the, these young men are still playing their hearts out. And I mean, the record well, is what the record is, but I mean, th- these yep. guys are still dialed in and that's, I think that's, that's an encouraging sign. Well, and that's, that's what I was trying to say post game, you know, but it just, you know, these kids are awesome. They really are. I, and I know our record is, it's not what I want. It's not what you guys want. It's not what any of us want. And, uh, you know, it's, it's frustrating that we're not sitting here with a winning record at this point, but you know, the kids, they go out and they compete. We're going to have a great practice this afternoon. They're going to be ready to play this Saturday. That's just the character of this bunch. And I, I'm, I'm proud of the way that they go out and compete on game days. And, you know, good things, I just I keep telling them, good things are going to happen if we keep on, you know, competing and working that way. But, you know, I was, I was very pleased with them. I, you know, I, that's what I was saying is, you know, you're sitting there in the fourth quarter, it's 10-10, and the stadium is electric. You know, because the crowd's really into it, the students are into it, and you know that's that's what's special about uh, about this program and about this 
the fan base and uh, just, just everything about East Carolina football is the opportunity to have that. And I just I hate that we were not able to give everybody a win this past Saturday. Coach, I, I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about NIL yep. because we, don't, we hadn't talked about that on this segment before, and you've addressed it in your press conference last week, and I think it's something that we've got to talk about to our, to our fan base at this point in the game. I mean, we lost uh, two great offensive linemen, you lost uh, you lost Keaton Mitchell, who of course not to NIL, but you know you lost some great players to uh, to graduation and 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 moving on to the NFL. But you know NIL has hurt us uh, already, and um, I, I you know we're we're in the midst of a um, sixty million dollar uh, campaign to build new buildings on campus, which you know all of us are trying to support as well. But you know I, I, we are in a new era. We're in a new world, and uh, I, I've been preaching it, but I, I want to hear your comments about where we go from here, or better, where we don't go from here if our fans don't support and start supporting NIL in a bigger way. Well, you know, the, the, the biggest thing to do is look back at this time. This time last year, we were you know top 25 in the country in offense. And, you know, we had some guys graduate, but we also had several guys declare early for the draft. And then we lost some kids that, you know, to be honest, they, you know, they got substantial money uh, to leave. And, you know, we were talking about it this time, you know, the, during the off season last year. And, you know, we had really, really quality guys on campus that we just, we could not compete with uh, in that spectrum. And, you know, it's getting ready to come around again here in the next uh, next month where it's going to be, you know, I'm, I'm going to fight to retain our top players and I'm going to fight to bring in top guys that will help us be the offense we want to be. You know, we're, we're, we're a few pieces away uh, right now. You know, we need to retain our top guys on defense. We need to retain our top guys on offense. And we need to add the right pieces. And when you look around the league, you know, Tulane is right, you know, they're right up there with UTSA and not quite SMU, but SMU's leaving. I understand that. But Tulane, UTSA, that's two of the top teams in the league with NIL. But you also have right behind them, you have South Florida, you have Charlotte, you have all these other schools that have substantial NIL. And, you know, we just, we have to invest in that uh, arena to support our student athletes. It is the new college football, and whether you like it or don't like it, you know I don't particularly like it, but it's it is it is here, and it's what we have to do. And you know you can't fault the the student athletes, uh, you know, being allowed to you know gain some compensation, uh, you know, off their eligibility. So I just think it's something that's important, and you know you know every everybody can do something if they want to. So. You know, I would just encourage our fan base, if you're passionate about pirate football, you know, get involved. And I think that the, the Boneyard Collective is the easiest way to get involved. Uh, but there's lots of other ways to get involved, too. But it, uh, it, it, is, it is the most vital piece to the future success of our football program, of our men's basketball program, uh, you know, mainly those two sports because those are the two sports that are NIL-driven. I was listening to Cy Seymour on with Patrick yesterday afternoon talk about the two R's. I mean, it's a new world for you coaches. It's recruiting and retention. 
I mean, yep. you know, the, that's what our fans need to understand. We, you know, there are going to be people coming after our best players today. And we've got it. Look, we've got a pretty good defense. And so uh, people need to get a clue. I, you know, I'm preaching it everywhere I go until I get blue in the face. But um, we, we, you know, this is, this is our program. This is our program. Right. I, I say ours. I mean, it's the fans. It's the alums. It's all of us. Yeah, and we've got to we we got to step up now and and uh, and and join in this thing, whether you like it or not. I, I talking about it last night at the basketball game and had some people say, "I just don't like it." I mean, nobody likes it, right? But we got to well, do know, it. <laughs> people don't like it because you know, for thirty years, you were told by the NCAA that you know this is not allowed, right? And now all of a sudden, they're taking all the rules away, and it's. It's hard to wrap your head around, yeah. uh, and there's no guidelines for it. That's the tough thing. There's yeah. no guidelines, you know. But I promise you this: Michael Pratt, the quarterback at Tulane, he had the opportunity to go to University of Florida. He had the opportunity to go to USC. Both last off season. I promise you, he didn't stay at Tulane out of the kindness of his heart. Yeah, I just Point understand taken. that. Well, we're out of time. I don't want Malcolm to get mad at me. All right. But <laughs> we didn't talk about this weekend, but, hey, I will just say this. Go win one. Will one. You? This will be a big one down there in Florida big this weekend. Big one this weekend down in Boca. Yeah. So. Thank you, Coach. All right. Talk Appreciate to you later. You guys. All right. Thank Take you, Mike. Take care. Good See Pirate. You. Houston Huddle there. It's brought to you by HealthWise Pharmacy. HealthWise, a full-service pharmacy serving all of your health care needs. Uh, those include... Retail, prescriptions, medications, durable medical equipment, in-home infusions, as well as infusions in their infusion suite located at 615B South Memorial Drive in Greenville. HealthWise Pharmacy is uh, the sponsor of our Houston Huddle this uh, football season. So uh, that'll do it for our uh, Houston Huddle today. We got a lot more still to uh, come. Let us uh, take a, uh, another time out, and uh, when we come back, Philip the ref Pilkington will do a 94-3 the game sports flash update and pirate report. Uh, we'll hear from uh, some of the uh, football players. They were uh, made available to the media today. All of that still to come here on the Patrick Johnson Show, so stay with us here. 94-3 the game as uh, we roll on. Doug Martin, don't forget he'll be with us uh, tomorrow. And... Uh, We'll have more when we come back. Taking the rage out of your drive home. You just cut me off, but it's no big deal. Patrick Johnson on 94.3 The Game and the new IBX Media app. All right, uh, welcome back on this uh, Tuesday Patrick Johnson show. Pilk, I know you're a civic-minded individual. Have you voted uh, today? No, I'm still registered back home. Oh, Pilk, you got to get registered now that you're yeah. a, uh, a Pitt Countyan. You would, you would, you love the, you would love the local political scene. Love I know, it. I know. I need to get love into it. it. <laughs> the problem is here, I keep changing addresses. You know, I'm still kind of in that mood where well, I like having true. a roommate yeah. move every year. Yeah. It's so much of a pain. That's kind of the reason I haven't done it. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I understand. We've all been there. So. uh couple things to tell you about. We didn't really get a chance yesterday. We we had one. The best laid plans of mice and men yesterday. We had a great show. I had a lot of people uh, talk about it and comment on it. But we we, we compacted a lot into <laughs> to the 60 minutes that we were allotted. And uh, we, anyway, we uh, 
we appreciate everybody that came on yesterday. So we really didn't get a chance to do any of the house cleaning items that uh, we normally like to do for these uh, shows and what have you. So uh, beginning at 1130 on Saturday, it will be our Bushlight Pirate Game Day Countdown. That will be uh, heard here on 94.3 The Game as it normally is. 11.30 to 1.30, uh, the guys will set you up for the uh, ECU uh, FAU game. Uh, Scott Rogers is going to host it. It'll be uh, – so Scooter and uh, and Terrence Copper will be there as well. I think Philip – well, Philip will be doing his normal stuff that he does uh, during uh, game day. So, yeah, he'll be very much a part of it uh, with uh, updates and what have you. So all of that is coming your way on uh, Saturday from uh, 11.30 to 1.30. And then – Starting at 1.30, it's the basketball pregame show, basketball only uh, on 94.3 the game as the Campbell game moved up to 2 o'clock. So once they wrap up the broadcast uh, in uh, Greenville for Minji's Coliseum, uh, 94.3 the game will join the uh, football game in progress. And uh, 107.9 WNCT will have the network pregame at 3 o'clock and the kick at 4 o'clock from Boca Raton on Saturday. Did I get all that right, Pilk? You were perfect. Couldn't have said it better myself. For once, I am. So you can always, uh, if you're away this weekend, listen to all of this on the IBX Media app. I'll put in the shameless plug. Uh, Cy and I will be on ESPN Plus for the call on uh, Saturday for East Carolina and Campbell, so you can always watch uh, that there. And I think the FAU game's a plus game, if I'm not mistaken, isn't it? I know they've announced the Navy game will be on ESPN News on the 18th at noon. But uh, the uh, the FAU game, I believe, is a uh, plus game. All right, so I wanted to get that house cleaning in before we got too far up the road here. Right now, Philip the Ref Pilkington with a 94-3 The Game Sports Update and Pirate Report. Pilk, it's all yours. Thanks, Patrick. We will start in Pirate Athletics. Last night, the Pirates men's basketball team opened the season with a victory, but Coach Swartz was not thrilled with the way his defense played. And I think I'll clarify, I'm not overly pleased. I'm not pleased at all with our defense, uh, and not at all. I mean, zero. Uh, very unhappy with how we played defensively, uh, and we're going to fix it. The Pirates will be back in action on Saturday when they host Campbell. The network coverage will start at 1.30 with the game at 2. The women's basketball team also got off to a win last night as they defeated Elon. The Carolina Panthers will be back in action Thursday against the Bears. And for the second straight day, quarterback Justin Fields was limited in practice. That game can be heard on our sister station, 103.7. Staying in the NFL, the Rams have signed quarterback Carson Wentz to back up Matthew Stafford. They did have to waive a pair of quarterbacks, Brett Rippon and Dresser Wynn, to make room for the former Pro Bowl QB. After putting Danny Dimes on the season-ending IR yesterday, the Giants have signed Jacob Eason to their practice squad. He joins Matt Barkley and Tommy DeVito as the only players on the roster as Tyrod Taylor is also on the injured reserve. Number one, Kansas has locked down Bill Self for the foreseeable future. The two-time national championship head coach was given a five-year, $53 million extension to become the highest paid coach in the country. Three Major League Baseball teams found new managers late Monday afternoon. The Cubs stole Craig Council from NL Central rival Milwaukee after firing David Ross earlier in the day. The Mets have hired Yankees bench coach, bench coach Carlos Mendoza and after 
And with the retiring of Terry Francona, Cleveland has hired 39-year-old Stephen Vaught to his first managerial role. That'll do it for your 94.3 The Game Sports Flash Update and Pirate Report. We will be back on the other side of this timeout, and we will hear from some of the Pirate football players ahead of the game against FAU. And now, the stunning conclusion of the show. It's the P-Man here on 94.3 The Game. I'm going to take exception with something Pilkington said. Oh, no. Kill the music, Pilk. dare you accuse my Chicago Cubs of stealing a manager? Hey, man, he was under contract with another team, and now he's under contract with your team. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> How long did you work on that? Oh, I found that. That was great. I'm not going to lie. Oh, okay. It. Okay. That was funny for the video audience. Very funny. Um, let me tell you something. Um the fact that they got rid of uh, Ross, I would have been thrilled if I, I, they could have hired you as the manager, and I would have been thrilled as long as I got rid of Ross. Wow, bold statement. I wonder if Holton Ehlers agrees. Remember when he was on the show, you guys were going I, on I about. I tweeted how. Holton that he gave it a like. I tweeted at Holton he gave it a like. All so right. I'm assuming he he's a little busy too, but he is. Uh, you know, it, as was I yesterday, so I had to. I had to uh, just just uh, send him a tweet on that. All right, uh, let's uh, in our time remaining here, let's uh, hear from some of the uh, players. Uh, I think Flynn would be the most logical one to start with, don't you, Pilk? So uh, sounds good. Here is Alex Flynn on needing uh, to find a way to sustain the fast start that the team has gotten off to the last few weeks. I think we, uh, you know, started off good again. Um, you know, like I said, we we want to start off fast. I think that's a um, big part of our offense um but you know we just we need to figure out if we can sustain that and uh more as uh we have uh flynn talking about uh the first few drives have gone well this year to start games and then the offense is stalled out why yeah i think um you know i think you know like we like we get our game plan sheet right and then um you know we go through those plays and you kind of know in your mind like what plays are going to um, be called then and there. Um, I don't know. I guess maybe it comes with experience or um, something like that. But um, I don't know. We need to figure out how we can, you know, keep, you know, maybe going back to some of those plays or, uh, yeah, I'm not sure. We'll, we're going to keep working on that, especially this week. He doesn't have an answer. <laughs> <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Poor Alex Flynn. That was, I'm sorry, that just tickled me for some reason. I mean, you know what I actually thought in the fourth quarter on uh, Saturday, Pilk? What was that? And I know this is really dumb, but I just, I, I mean, I thought, you know, you ran, because the, the first ever how many plays of the first quarter are scripted, right? Yeah, and that was part of this question, too, was, you know, 10 or 15 are scripted, and right. then it kind of – and those seemed to go well. Went well against App. Well, you know what I thought <laughs> in the fourth quarter, 
Saturday, I thought I just I might would go back and call the scripted plays. It just it worked. So yeah. just run the same. If it ain't broke, <laughs> don't fix it. I mean, because you you know you then you 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 make adjustments and you you know you go on and you have your you know plays that are kind of bunch for every scenario. But I just thought you know maybe I would go and, and run the same ten fifteen scripted plays that I ran to start the game that worked so well here just to get the offense going maybe. You know. Yeah, I can see where you're coming from. You get it. Got to try yeah, something. I, I realize and realize I I I know it's not that simple, but I you know I at this point. Uh, I think we would um, we would uh, just just uh, cr- as we do crave a, a spark of any kind on offense. Uh, this is uh, Flynn giving the scout on FAU. Yeah, definitely have talent. Um, you know, I think they're. I think everyone on their, you know, all eleven are solid. Um, you know, it's going to be another uh, you know test for us, but you know we're going to work hard this week and you know get out and play. And uh, more from uh, Alex Flynn. He talked about the trust that he and Chase Sowell have uh, developed. Yeah, he's definitely, um, you know, each week he's improving. And I think um, each week that we practice, we're, you know, improving as a, you know, together, me and him. Um, No, he's, I trust him. He's making great plays. Um, So, yeah, just, I'm going to keep going back to him. And uh, last one from Alex Flynn. He uh, talked about what he thinks uh, one great game on offense uh, could do to uh, set a spark for the rest of the year. Hit it. We uh, we see what we we can do whenever we uh, we put it together like that. And um, yeah, it's. I think we just have to keep focus on, you know, like I said before, sustaining the the success. And I think. Um, I don't know I keep saying experience is a is something, but not with each game. I think we are improving, and I think that's that's a big thing. All right, uh, out of Green or Davis, Pilk, which one would you uh, want to go, or maybe a little bit of both? What do you? I say let's think? let's uh, mix it up a little bit of both. All right, uh, let's. Uh, well, we'll start with Gerald Green. He, of course, has been injured. Came in uh, game before last, gave the Pirates a little bit of spark at UTSA with some fresh legs. Uh, he was asked about how he feels to be back after his injury. It's a great feeling. I'm just coming off the ankle injury. Um, just staying positive through that and just being able to finally get back out there with my teammates and being able to just, you know, make some plays for the team. And then he was asked if it was, uh, is this difficult? Uh, yeah. Difficult or different? Difficult. Uh, okay. Or yeah, hard to wait his turn. As a running back, as a competitive athlete, you always want to, you know, instantly make plays. But just going through that, you know, little adversity, um, it was a a good experience because I learned a lot through uh, throughout that. So just finally being able to finally get get out there was a was a great feeling. And after he transferred from Georgia Southern, uh, he talks about uh, who took him under their wing. I really say all of them. Uh, from the moment I got here, you know, everybody was here with open arms. So. You know, from the jump, it was, you know, since I was, was an experienced back, I was able to easily to catch up with, uh, with what they was doing. So, uh, they was pretty good, man, pretty good. Uh, all the guys show love. Roger Harris, one of, the, uh, one of the older guys in the room, somebody I looked up to and learned a lot from. I think we're going to get through all these, Pilk. A um, couple more from Green here. His thoughts on uh, Raekwon Boyette, the coach of the running backs. Hey, Coach Boyette is great. Uh, he does a great job of just, you know, keeping us tight-knit and keeping us 
ready at all times. You know, we, you know, as a as a, as it being a big group of running backs, you know, some guys might not get their shots as much as they want to, but he does, he does a great job of just keeping us prepared for when that time is uh, when the time does come, we can just hop in and go. And then uh, his uh, thoughts on a transition to a new program. It's been a smooth transition, actually. Uh, probably one of the hardest adjustments for me was the hand signals that we use. We, uh, it was my first time, like actually having to learn like hand signals for the plays. But other than that, it's been a very easy, smooth transition for me. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, and uh, let's hear from B.J. Davis, the linebacker. Now uh, he talked about the team's overall struggles. Oh yeah, season's not going as well right now. But you know, in life, you, you always get hit with adversity. And we get to get through it, uh, fall victim of it. So every week we just try to get better and just put a W on our schedule. All right, uh, continuing on with a uh, football-only pirate report here for you today. More from B.J. Davis, uh, who uh, talked about uh, the uh, big learning curve in coming to play at the FBS level. Well, at first it was a, a big learning curve for me, like jumping from FCS to FBS. But as like towards the summer, I got I adapted pretty well. And right now I'm just taking it head on. Uh, give all glory to God and just try to every day get better. Uh, and he feels like that he has grown since so coming to ECU from, I believe, South Carolina State it is. It's definitely grown my um, IQ of the game. Like F- FCS and FBS football, like, there's it get real detailed to where sometimes, like, a play that you, like, some things you do on a play that you want not see in FBS, FCS that you will see in FBS. So, I mean, it grew my IQ very well. Yeah, that's what I say. All right, and he talked about uh, jumping from safety to linebacker when he got to college and how that was different. The hardest transition was, uh, like, the keys that from a linebacker to a safety. It changed drastically. Like, what you have to look at as a linebacker is different when you're playing safety. So, I mean, my keys and how I read stuff, it changed, and I had to be more on it. And uh, let's see here. Blah, 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 blah. All right, yes. Uh, and this is the scout of FAU. Uh, they, they got two pretty good running backs and they're pretty physical up front. But um, the quarterback, he puts, it, he puts it in jeopardy sometimes. So I think defensively it's a pretty good opportunity for us to make some plays on the ball and get a win. Pilk, I was uh, cleaning my glasses, and that's why I thought I could read the screen without them, and I could not. It's bad. It's I'm getting, I'm getting there. In fact, getting I was old name for sissies, buddy. right? Hey, getting old name for sissies. I was texting with my buddy last night, uh, the the original finger Eddie Crabtree and Crabby. I looked over and he had readers on to read his uh, phone. I said, "Gotta have the glasses now, brother." We've reached that point. Beats the alternative, I suppose. All right. Uh, thanks to Coach Houston today for his time on our uh, Houston Huddle. It's brought to you by Healthwise Pharmacy. Thanks to Philip the Ref Pilkington. Hopefully the voice will be in a little better form tomorrow, Pilk. Give it a little rest tonight, and uh, hopefully I'll be sounding a little better tomorrow. As, as we, I say, uh, I can't tell. You're doing a good job disguising. If it's hurting, we can't tell. Well, it's not so much hurting. It just doesn't sound very good. Not a lot of range today. So, All right. Uh, we're going to uh, take a 23-hour break on the sports side for you. Back tomorrow, Doug Martin will be with us. Looking forward to talking to Coach. And uh, then we will uh, be back in the morning. Talk of the town, all the local election coverage you want, and more. 
That's tomorrow on Talk of the Town, 7 a.m. on 96.3 and 103.7 here in Greenville. Back at 5 tomorrow afternoon for the PJ Show. And don't forget, I go at noon with Hoist the Colors. All right, we'll see everybody tomorrow. Have a great evening. And if you have not yet, poll's still open. Go vote.